Welcome back, sports fans. This week, we've separated the show into three segments, and we'll all each be driving the area of our expertise. So I'm excited to talk to everyone about basketball. <laughs> I'm Hooli. I'm the Joe. <laughs> and I'm Mary Beth Smith, and I'm totally kidding. I'm practically silent during the basketball segment. <laughs> it's all right. I got on my magic carpet to drive this one. Put on your tinfoil hats. It's conspiracy time. <laughs> And uh, no, I did a draft recap <laughs> <laughs> for football. Well, it certainly has been a few weeks since we've been here sitting down, and I can tell you, I think some stuff has been building up, and I think that we all need to feel the release of MB's MLB BMs. Mary Beth's Major League Baseball bonus minutes. MB's. MLB BMs. Yes! I saw where that was going and I was glad because otherwise I don't I don't I don't know where it would have gone. So I have some thoughts. We're almost a quarter of the way into the season. So that's kind of saying something. You wow. know, we can really start assessing these teams. We would be like four games into a football season. And I think you kind of have a shape yeah. up of how the divisions are going to look. With that said, I think a lot of these divisions are pretty up in the air. Let's start in the NL East. Uh, we have the Phillies and the Marlins skidding in the last couple of weeks. So the well-hitting Braves and the banged-up Mets have been able to kind of hang in there with them with the unfortunate Nationals sprinting away from the pack. Ugh. Everyone else is looking like also-rans. I'm Grateful for uh, the Mets and Finns taking the back end of that division as my Braves figure out our hitting consistency, I would say. But the Mets have had some problems, right? Harvey has apparently turned off the bat light because he's gone missing. Yeah. So that's a big part of their pitching. Like Harvey's definitely not there, not showing ace colors. No uh, face. They have, you know, Thor's locked up on... Yeah planet hulk or whatever because yeah, where's, uh, where's the new one well that's a great question uh it is combining the planet hulk storyline uh but i don't remember and the name. that's enough of that I think the planet okay. might be Scar. the only reason i brought it up is because no Cindergard is hurt and let himself get that way he wouldn't yeah. let anyone uh do a test and he played anyway and he tore a lot and if i were a fan of a team where that let a pitcher do that, I would be furious. I rate. At yeah. Management at the doctors. The doctors should be mad at themselves. They 
have a their hippopotamus whole, oath it's actually, to take care of people. Yes, they have a hippopotamus oath <laughs> to try to keep the Mets healthy, and they are really choding it up. Yoannis <laughs> 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 Cespedes is also on the deal, so that's definitely hurting their offensive production. Jay Bruce has stayed hot throughout most of that, just getting the ball out of the park, but they're really going to need to get healthy and uh, pull their starting rotation back together however they can. They got uh, Familia back from uh, domestic violence-related suspension, and he's Mm. pitched decently since his return, but who cares? Let's move to the Central. It's pretty much anyone's game. The Cardinals have had a pretty late surge, even though they had a rough start. The Reds have kind of done the opposite. They've stayed in contention even after they've had a recent skid. Cozart looking great. We picked him up to fill in for mm-hmm. Trevor Story on our fantasy team at the shortstop. Uh, Not because Trevor Story wasn't playing well, only because he's gone on the 15 DL. We have faith. I have faith that in this story. story will end well. We have the best players. We have the best, very, players. very great players. These are these are literally big league players. Big league players. Big big league players. <laughs> we the. Reds recently picked up O'Brien, I believe, who was outrighted from the Royals. So that's a little bit of a an, an eyebrow raiser. But yeah. I guess you you kind of want to see a team take a chance on a guy, you know, if if yeah. they're if they're uh, kind of middling and want to break through and get up to uh, pull that, away from the Brewers. Maybe that's someone... what Cincinnati does, though. Yeah, Even in football. Bengals have been known to take on players that maybe they shouldn't and give second and third chances to. Absolutely. Owner Mike Brown seems to not seems to be willing to throw caution in the wind to bring like the Adam Joneses of right. the world onto right. the team. So uh, I, I think we're going to see the Reds stay pretty strong. The Brewers seem kind of like the Braves of the Central. Uh, they're a little streaky, so they're at about 500, but they're leading the league in home runs. They're just, the balls are just jumping off bats. Uh, their closer, Felice, was recently demoted from that position, so perhaps seeing, I believe the uh, replacement's name is Knebel, take his place. We'll see them start locking down some more wins. Eric Thames stays really hot. Braun's been pretty hot. Their whole lineup has had very few. Uh, the guys who aren't hitting consistently are hitting home runs anyway. Moving on to the... Oh, and uh, to close that out, the Cubs and the Bucks have both been skidding. Ugh. They've had uh, three and seven kind of runs in the last ten games. Uh, Cubs just called up, is it Ian Happ? Yes. To try to put a bump in their lineup. And so the Bravos Shortazords have also called up Ian Happ to try to boost our lineup and dropped the slumping Ian Kinsler. Let's go, Chorts. Let's Let's go, go Chorts. Speaking of (laughs) slumping Chorts. uh, What? Oh, not me. (laughs) Uh, Andrew McCutcheon has not had a wonderful start. I don't think I was going to bet the house on him anyway. And he's been doing okay. Just not not really crushing his average, a place where we could really afford some help. Cervelli has given up the most stolen bases of anyone (laughs) in 
Major League Baseball right now, so that can't be helping nope. the Bucks, nor can their slumpy bats. Moving on to the National League West. Slumpy bats, that's a that's a personal problem. Yeah, it's the opposite of vagin- vaginitis. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, Vaginis- vaginismus. Yes, vaginismus, which is uh, which is actually a vagina with a body of water on either side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, with an ed ed running through it. Yeah, exactly. You yeah, saw yeah, where yeah, I was yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a long walk, but you were with me the whole way. The whole way. So, moving on to the West, the Rockies have had a pretty hot start in spite of Story's lack of hits and with help from Story's decent home run numbers. The Diamondbacks have been bouncing back a little in the last couple weeks. The Dodgers remain confident at the top with Kershaw at the helm uh, and Yasiel Puig having a bit of a bounce back this year the oh, Giants is he actually playing then yeah that would be a bounce back <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he's been like getting hits and stuff oh, wow. um yeah so much different from last season he's actually been a a productive part of their lineup again which I'm sure they're really grateful for the Giants and the Padres could use some help like him both of them have kind of been battling it out for the back end of that division for the first quarter of the season. Moving on to the American League. The Yankees must have heard me dissing them and thinking that they weren't going to be good this year and it was going to take them like three years because, holy crap, somehow they're really good. Aaron Judge is... Um, I was going to say Judge, Jury, and Aaron probably has a big <laughs> thing to do with it. Judge has certainly taken some of the spotlight off of Eric Thames in the last a month or so of the season leading the league in home runs I believe tied with the Braves Freddie Freeman currently uh, as of this recording Chapman is a little dinged up Tanaka their starting whiz from Japan is not performing the way they need him to be to really be an effective long-lasting team Gary Sanchez their uh, new catcher Rookie boy, we've been, you know, touting him up in the offseason. He's been banged up. He's only played, I believe, 13 games. You can't have your guys who are supposed to be the best uh, missing that much playing time and expect to remain at the top of your division. However, looking at the Orioles without Zach Britton as their closer, the fact that they've still remained as relevant as they have is very impressive to me. I'm really excited to see how they do in the rest of the season this year. The Sox are hanging in there. Uh, Benintendi doing pretty well in his first full season, I believe. Uh, He may have uh, counted as a rookie last year. I'm not positive. The Rays are kind of middling, but their closer, Cologne, Looking pretty good on the Bravos Chortazords. He's locked down eight or nine saves mm-hmm. and has kept his ERA and whip in good shape, which we are pretty strong at. He's helping us keep those two stats pretty competitive. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, at the bottom of that division, whew, the Jays are really helping the Braves look okay. We just had a great series against them, even though they had a pretty good 10-game stretch before that to make sure that they've remained at the bottom of their division. Marco Estrada <laughs> trying to help us out also in the ERA and whip divisions, but he's just not going to be able to do, and the K's for that matter, but he's just not going to be able to do that much with wins because the Jays aren't giving him that much to work with. I would say when we move to the Central, the Twins are a bit of a surprise for me. It's very cool to see Irvin Santana having such an incredible start for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a Brave for a year or so, a motorcycle before that, I believe. They acquired him from the Tribe, mm-hmm. and he's had just a really, really wonderful start. It's always great to see a veteran pitcher step into another new franchise over the course of you know five years or so oh wow the Braves had him that long ago in 2014 so he's been with the twins for three years but he's he's really still had a wonderful start for them this season he's six and one I think he might have been the first pitcher to six wins which I don't think anyone would have bet on in Vegas and uh, Sano still looking good in their batting lineup as well and Max Kepler's also playing well yes like he had a great season last year as a rook and he's come on and he's still putting up good numbers absolutely Kepler is definitely worth talking about on this twins team I like their chances at remaining relevant in this division the way they've started and the kind of lack of strength towards the bottom of the division I think really lean in their favor the motorcycles haven't had a hell of a start but they've kind of turned it around a bit in the last uh, month or so Andrew Miller is still looking just stellar as middle relief for them and they're using him in really uh, weird ways and it seems to be working out for them as far as I have checked in. Yeah. Their offensive lineup hasn't looked quite as productive as they were tor- down the stretch last year, but their record's good. I think they're going to remain relevant along with the Twins. Bottom three-fifths of this division, I, I think will stay there. I don't think the Royals have enough to pull them out of the bottom I think the Sox and the Tigers are going to kind of be middling for the rest of the season yeah if I had to guess no I mean I we think the Sox knew going into the season yes. after they had the Chris fire sale yes but you know what they can take to the bank is that they got all those freaking dudes from the mm-hmm. Nationals and Adam Eaton tore his like ACL and is out for the season so they gave up Adam Eaton, who now is worthless to the Nationals and have so much, well, worthless at least for this season. And right. I think they dug into that trade so hard because they were trying to be competitive this year, and it was working. Eaton was hitting the shit out of the ball, and it made me mad. And then he got <laughs> really, he got like seriously injured, which you obviously never want to see. Yeah. But boy, I can just imagine the White Sox clubhouse having a good, like, yeah. you know, nudge, nudge, handshake on that event earlier, the early, early in the season. I mean, it's crazy. The Nats, yeah, are, are still looking good. They definitely look like a team who's going to get bounced in the second round of the playoffs, like, <laughs> which is really anything If any they make it that far. DC fan can hope for, yeah. Yeah, that seems to be the DC we were, ceiling. Yeah. We were actually talking about that before you got here, so I'm glad that all three of us are 
like twiddling our fingers at that oh, DC that sports. The potatoes are going to take the NFC East. Darn. Or wild card. I mean, well, yeah, I think Dak probably regresses to the mean. That's a fair assessment. Yeah. I mean, who else they got? Carson Wentz, Eli. We'll talk about it. We got we got football coming up. All right. <laughs> Hang and on, potato fan. To <laughs> singular. Yeah. One. This tater's not quite ready yet. <laughs> it's funny that that would be the one tater fan when usually it's the one fr- uh, onion ring that you get in your French fries. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the last division that we've got to cover, thanks for staying with all these BMs, <laughs> features the best team in Major League Baseball, yeah. the Houston Astros. 28 wins on the season. That is incredible. My damn former Brave Boys, Evan Gaddis and Brian McCann reunited again. I truly believe that's the spark. It really hurts me as a current Braves fan to see these boys who we had to trade away to build the team that we're trying to build. But, man, to see them reunited and both getting good mashes on the ball, both doing really well with homers. Cuckle, uh, I believe, is the name of the the Houston's ace and he's pitching incredibly. They just look like they they show no signs of slowing. Gonzalez, uh, we picked up for our fantasy mm-hmm. team has there was a stretch of five or six games where he hit as many home runs. Uh, it's just and he's a, a great utility. I think he could be a player to really add some pop to our batting stats. Same goes for my boy Joey Gallo that Joey picked up Yeah, yesterday. crazy Joey Gallo's? The yeah. guy who took on the mafia heads in New York in the 70s? He took on the five families by himself? Yeah, he's playing for the Texas Rangers now. He nice. Did, he didn't change his name. He's just an old guy <laughs> playing for the Rangers. He's not getting many hits, but boy, when he hits it, it goes out of the park. So we're hoping to see our home run numbers get a little so bit of a surge. So is he just doing surge. like a... Sorry to cut you off. Is he That's just okay. doing like an Aaron Judge thing then? I mean, like, is he just Judge like... is making more contact than he is, though. Is he? Yeah, for sure. Judge's average is also his, you know, slugging percentage, OPS, all that stuff looks great. If you actually look at Gallo's whole line, his slugging's good, but his batting average is. Uh, I thought Judge was just Trace. knocking it. Well, I'm pretty sure. Screw you, Yankees. Judge mm-hmm. has a decent batting average as well. Like he's just all around to get yeah. right now. Um, I could be wrong. You might you might be right. I, I'm gonna defer to you. So, uh, the end of this division to me looks similar to the end of the Central. I think these are gonna be the teams we'll see battling it out for three, four, five. The Angels, the Mariners, and the A's. However, with that said, MVP Mike Trout has hit four home runs in four straight games this week for the Angels. So. Oh. As is his way, he will not go quietly. I think that's about that's as comprehensive a rec- a recap of the league that I could give right now. That's a good smooth BM. Yeah. <laughs> I could Clean. add I could add some little ploopers nah, from there's the Braves no wipes needed. or uh, some more info about our fantasy league team, but I think that was a pretty good coverage. Yeah. yeah. Max Scherzer, it should be said, is throwing the crap out of the ball. Yeah. Good Lord. He has like 70 Ks, four wins, I believe. Uh, Just crushing. I think whatever fantasy team picked him up did a great job identifying that talent. Nice work. 
whoever did that. That is a stellar peanut in your BM. Welcome back to the NFL Draft. Good young players with the drafts all back. Here and in, you're out. Welcome back to the draft. Mark Sheevers running back. Tackle a quarterback. Every year in the draft, there has been a trade. Ricky Williams. John Dolphin. On a shady Saturday. Welcome back to the draft. Defensive line. Mark Sheevers running back. Tackle quarterbacks all well, Joe, there's a lot going on in Cleveland sports right now. There's definitely one big story on your mind. There's one team who is on the verge of greatness. How did the draft go for the Cleveland Browns? Mary Beth, thank you so much for asking. <laughs> I realize you could have been talking about the motorcycles who went to the World <laughs> Series or like the Cavaliers who were in the East Conference Finals, blah, blah, blah. Let's talk about... The team that the town really cares about, <laughs> the Cleveland goddamn football Browns. So uh, everybody agreed the Browns won the draft. Like 100% of people who were asked were like, the Browns obviously won, um, which is great to hear. It's like, I know it, you know it, everybody knows it. That's all I've heard. Yeah. Uh, but seriously, uh the Browns and the 49ers, I think, uh, were uh, both routinely praised by analysts for just knocking the shit out of this draft. Uh, the Browns held the first overall pick, and there were many rumors leading up to the draft that they were going to be try to outsmart themselves and talk themselves into getting uh, UNC quarterback Mitchell Trubisky first overall, even though for the better part of a year... Everybody's been saying there's one transcendental generational talent in this draft, and it is Markel Fultz. Ma- uh, different draft. Hang on, NBA fan. We'll bring up that in a minute. <laughs> That's what we call a call forward in the business. Miles Garrett, defensive end from Texas A&M. This dude is a man. After the Brown Circle Jerk, after drafting him, I saw a picture of him and his high school team. Do yourself a favor, Google Miles Garrett high school football team. Uh, oh, I saw that. Yeah, it's like him and the other three D linemen running. But but not at all. It looks like he was it looks like he's out there for a play sixty event. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm gonna interrupt you for a hot second. Oh my god. I just pulled up Miles Garrett High School football and the first two image results on Google are like Six pack fucking abs. Yeah, you could do laundry on those abs. Yeah, Idris Elba put on some pads and walked out (laughs) onto a high school football field. Good lord. Oh, this is them? Yeah. Yes, play 60 for sure. These other kids are straight up make a wish. And (laughs) he is surrounded by dudes who look like Pillsbury Doughboys wearing. Trash bag shirts, and he's shirtless, <laughs> and he's an Adonis. This right. is insane. Apologies to any of his teammates who are listening, but they all look like that. Gingers do have souls, kid. Yes, absolutely. Uh, oh, and man. they're four all about them. like four, just eight inches shorter than him, but maybe weigh the same amount. These guys are going to be talking about the fact that they played with Miles Garrett in high school for the rest of their lives, and they should. Miles Garrett is awesome. He loves dinosaurs, and that. That's why he chose Texas A&M for their paleontology courses, although yeah, he why. almost went with OSU. but Wait, which OSU? The T- TOSU. Gross. Good work, Texas. 
Sorry, I wanted to make this a quick draft recap, but I needed to just talk about Here's how thing, excited though. I yeah, am. This dude looks pumped. like beefy Michael J- Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> Definitely. The B stands for beef. Michael Joe. Beefy <laughs> Jordan. The joke. That is his nickname forever. <laughs> they won the draft. The Browns won the draft. Everyone says it. But didn't for them to win, they just had to take Miles Garrett? Yes. That was a- so for them to win the draft, they had to take the consensus number one overall pick. Yes, that is a big W for the Browns. Yes, you guys almost browned the hell out of that one. Rumor has it. How However, tight was your b hole holding back the Browns? Oh my god! Before this pick, I had no BMs before the draft <laughs> because I, my, all the, the Browns tightest, were clogged up. Um, tightest b hole. Yes, the Browns won by doing the thing that they should have done because it would have been so easy for. For them to browns up the draft. However, one team did browns up the draft. We're talking to you, 312. The Chicago Bears. They traded so many picks. A sixth, a fourth, their a first round kit. Their playbook. Yeah. The the Kristen Cavallari. Oh, God take her. All of their unvaccinated children. <laughs> uh, all of this stuff. The the measles, mumps, rubella. rubella. They moved up from three to two, trading with the San Francisco 49ers to take Mitchell Trubisky. After the fact, rumor has it that nobody else was trying to move up to two to get him, so they could have sat tight at three. The argument being, if you think that you have a franchise quarterback in a vacuum, just as an argument, if you think that you've identified a franchise quarterback, there is no price too high to pay for it. However... Nobody was really saying that Mitchell Trubisky looked like a franchise quarterback. Could prove us wrong. Drafts are always a crapshoot. That's why analytics will tell you that you need more darts to throw at the dartboard, and that's how you win the draft, which the Browns did by having three first-round picks. We we went into and the-, the Bears gave away a bunch of darts. Exactly. Yeah. To and try turn to the lights off while they were throwing at that. Yeah. Let's do like, a shot before we. Yeah. Throw. It seems like they locked up the lawn dart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... the Bears are holding down the 77 draft real tough with that lawn dart selection. <laughs> the fact that they went through, they have so many holes to fill, like O-line, D-line, secondary. And then they were like, nah, we're going to replace Cutler now. With, when, with like... this guy. And they've also paid $15 million a year to Mike Glennon. To another guy who has no business being their franchise guy. He's yeah. the best giraffe playing football. They're scrambling. Well, he can see over that line, no problem. No problem. So, yeah, um, uh, 49ers got a haul of picks to move down one spot. Yes. They got Solomon Thomas, defensive end from Stanford, the who guy that the they guy wanted. the guy they wanted anyway in the, the first whole place. Time. Like, so good on John Lynch, rookie GM. Uh, that was huge. The 49ers came out looking sweet as candy. Yeah, two running backs and three wide receivers went in the top ten, which is pretty bonkers. Five offensive skill players. Whatever, man. Christian McCaffrey is a beast. Did you see that dude at Pro Day? He's a beast. Like, ugh. Yeah, so good on the the Panthers. Hopefully he can take some uh, pressure off Cam. Sorry. It's fine. Uh, Wide receivers, Corey Davis to the Titans, Mike Williams to the Chargers, John Ross to the Bengals. Then we had uh, the the mini quarterback run started. Patrick Mahomes went at number 10. The Bills were sitting there. They traded out to the Chiefs, who gave away first uh, next year's first-round pick. Uh, The Browns were sitting at 12. 
popular opinion was they needed a quarterback. One quarterback remained, Deshaun Watson. Instead, the Browns traded down to 25 with the Houston Texans. Texans came up to get Deshaun Watson, which completes a weird full-circle relationship between the Browns and the Texans this year after we took Brock Osweiler from him. From them, um, I still like I the Browns. Lo- I love that move, right? For every team, I yeah. Love Deshaun Watson to the Texans, where yes. he can sit. He's got a lot of firepower around him in that offense, and DeAndre Hopkins, who can go up and get it. I'm really excited to ends. see Deshaun Watson have a crack in the pros, and I think the Texans are a good fit for him. I love. I- the guy that you got for him, I love Jabiro Peppers. Yes. Maybe it's because I'm a Michigan yeah. fan, but he is an absolute Swiss Army knife. Yeah. yeah. He's your punt returner right now. He can absolutely go into your secondary in, yeah. a, in a dime package and contribute. Hey, he's likely going to be our starting strong safety. Uh, that and, makes a lot and, of sense. Or, or I believe uh, new defensive coordinator Greg Williams – Formerly of the Rams, uh, I believe that he runs a four-two-five defense, four down linemen, two linebackers, five defensive backs. So he would be the fifth defensive back outside of the two cornerbacks on the outside and two high safeties. He's going to be a kind of the roving. He would guy. be like a high linebacker, yes, or like a low safety. Low safety, and that's a great spot for him. I think so too. So we got a Swiss Army knife dude with a high, a lot of high energy. Uh, we took him at twenty-five. We ended up trading back uh, into the end of the first with the Packers at twenty-nine, taking David and Joku, tight end from Miami. This dude is a freak. This dude is freaking bonkers, and I cannot wait to see him on the field. Isn't he like the, correct me if I'm wrong, he's like 6'6", and like just enormous. He's a little bit of stone hands, but like blocked, and when he caught good, the guy runs like a damn gazelle. He's 6'4", 250. Uh, Basically, he's a wide receiver in a tight end body. Blocking is his uh, area for improvement, but like it it appears that he's like willing and just doesn't have like the knowledge. But like this dude, he glides like a gazelle out in the open field. And because all of these players, I've watched all of their highlights until I was blue in the face because that's what you do after the draft. So like I'm so excited for them. Uh, I'm just kind of glancing for other highlights. I think Malik Hooker safety to, to the, the Colts. Colts. I think that was a steal dropping him the, dropping down to 15. Yeah, uh, I love. Cowboys picking up my man, Taco Charlton. Uh, best nickname in the draft, without a doubt. And the Steelers, I think, did well with a uh, little Watt buddy. I think so, too. It made me so mad. You hate it. I, well, I hate the Steelers. They're, yeah. they're sure. my least favorite. I was going to say, I knew that we would like that and he would hate it because yeah. it's a rival and because a it's a good pick, pick. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think like he's such a Steelers player, it makes he me so totally, mad. As soon yeah. as I heard Injured. that they drafted, oh, um, <laughs> as soon as I heard they drafted JJ Watt's brother, I was like, that makes perfect sense for the Steelers. I want to give a shout out to I wasn't it Takaris McKinley who had the grandma. Yes, yes. His sound bites from draft day were the video I watched and I, you know, I'm sure there will be people who are critical of it, but I got legitimately choked up at how passionate he was and reasonable, you know, he wasn't being ugly. He was, it was the hugest day of his entire life. Such uh, all coming from the heart. He, yes. He, if for anybody who didn't watch the draft, he was carrying a framed picture of his grandmother and not like, 
a desktop frame. Like this is like a portrait size frame that looks like, like it should 14 go on a by wall. 17. Yeah. yeah. And he he just got so emotional. And as soon as he he was called to the stage and got his hat, he ended up swearing and like looked in the camera. He's like, go ahead and find me. I don't care. And like the league <laughs> office was like, we're not gonna find you. It's okay. It's um, fine. He got so, caught like, up in the mo- it's, it's fine. It's great. I mean, people uh watch the draft to see the these human beings, I think for the most part, which is really cool to see like and like kids. Like Yeah, what? he's in kids. He, yeah. he got caught up in the moment and you saw an earnest response to one of the biggest days of his life and yeah. he was totally controlled and the biggest thing he had to say was that he had done it for his grandmother. What's well, not to like? Yeah. You know? Fuck yeah, dude. Find me, FCC. Yeah, like I to- I promised my dying grandmother that I would get out of my neighborhood and go to college and that I would play in the NFL. Boom. Check, check, check. Come on. Such a good story. Come on. Uh, I like O.J. Howard tight end of the Buccaneers at 19. At, at 17, the Potatoes picked up Jonathan Allen from Alabama, formerly looking like the number two prospect in the whole draft, but were concerns about his shoulders. Yeah. He ended up falling 15 spots. I remember hearing um, about that. Uh, Giants at 23 picked up Evan Ingram, tight end from Mississippi, who was arguably like the third to fifth best tight end in the draft, leaving David Njoku on the table, which the Browns came back to get him. Gary and Conley, that was a big story draft night. Uh, he went to the Raiders, 24th overall cornerback from the Ohio State University. Oh, yeah. About 36 hours before the draft, this yeah. report came out that he was being investigated for sexual assault in Jesus. a hotel room. And, like, all of these just bizarre stories. The contradicting and the not contradicting. Like, the apparently the, the, the victim was saying that she was invited to sex, but then that it was turning into a foursome, so she decided she was going to just sit in the bathroom and watch. Like, and I... Do, uh, and, uh, I wasn't there. There's no, as far as I know, no definitive proof has come out from either way. So it's it was something that needed to be taken seriously. And the, the concern in the draft was what is going to happen to his draft doc? Is anybody going to take a risk on him? And sure enough, the Raiders picked him uh, at the end of the first round. Another pick that seems fitting for the team's history. <laughs> Side note, team's history. The Raiderettes just won a lawsuit that they had filed and that they're now getting compensated for their time. Like back pay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No shit. That's awesome. Good news. Yeah, so go California, whoever nailed that one down. Yeah, they have better politics and legislative system than most of the country does. I'm just glad they got it in now before they moved to Vegas and get totally fucked. And would have gotten screwed. Yeah, I I just mean the Raiders have always had a rough and tumble Oh yeah, absolutely. Reputation and everything. Yeah. Well, I mean I mean as far as NFL teams are concerned, potential domestic abuse or sexual violence is one thing. It's not like the dude smoked marijuana. You know, because, like, God forbid that he would be taken off every draft board then. Well, I mean, you know, sometimes you go from, like, number two to number 12 in the draft because you're smoking a gas mask bong. Yeah, and apparently it was, like, his dad or stepdad that, It was. It was his stepdad. That posted that? Yeah. Really? Yeah, that was Tunsil. Yeah, Yeah. ended up going to your Dolphins. I never... I knew he had gone to the Dolphins. I remembered that, but I didn't know it was was his stepdad. Why? There was a whole big weird back and forth thing. That was last year, right? Yeah, between him and his stepdad. Whoa, weird. I remember being at the draft as as it was unfolding. And, like, we were... Everyone was just like, what is happening? That's crazy. Um, And then I think... Dolphins didn't draft anyone this year, from what I understand. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, they did. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, Charles Harris. Harris. And, you know, Harris will be a player for him. Man, I can't wait for him to play out his rookie contract and then sign big elsewhere. That is going to be so exciting it's for you guys. Yeah. Well, uh, we still need money to free up to pay Ngamakan Sue. Oh, good. So we still owe him a quarter of a billion dollars. <laughs> Joints <laughs> next year. Oh, that's a hard cap. Hit. That's a hard cap. Hit. That's dead money. And then I think the last uh, story uh, of the draft is uh, 49ers 31st overall. They traded back into the end of the first round to get linebacker Ruben Foster from Alabama. Uh, he's a dude that like apparently walked out of the combine, like walked out on interviews, and a lot of people were very concerned about his attitude and commitment, but. Very physically gifted, has a, a very sterling resume from his collegiate work. Potentially was going to be a top 10 pick, but fell down to the end of the first round. Another tumble at the end of the draft was Jake Butt. Oh, yeah. Going in the fifth round. Jake but Which, uh, which had, is crazy. What happened to Butt? I think injuries, right? Really? Yes, he did. He got. I think Jake he got injured Butt, in the bowl game. He did. He got oh, injured in his bowl game. Oh, that sucks. But well, he's go- He's gone on record like, I'd do it again. I absolutely wouldn't do it. Good, Meanwhile, well, like, Christian McCaffrey sat out his bowl game for fear of injury, went in the top ten. Those Jake are, Butt slipped to the fifth round. Those are different guys, though. Jake Butt was never going to go top ten. He was probably never going to go in the top half of the second round. Like, no, he... but there's a big difference between end of second round and top of fifth. Well, so dude, dude ended up uh, before his so injury. So you're saying that? The bottom fell to the top. We started at the bottom, and now we're here. <laughs> uh, Jake Butt bought insurance uh, f- for his draft stock, and he was projected at like the 92nd overall pick or 72nd or something like that, which is where like the insurance company valued him. And after his injury, he got paid $10,000 for every pick after his projection. So the dude ended up making – he ended up falling 50 picks – he ended up making five hundred thousand dollars. Holy on that shit! Now that being said, compared to where he was drafted versus where he was projected to go, it there's could about be a, there's about a seven hundred thousand dollar difference in salary. But he made up most of that with his insurance. Holy which was pretty cool. shit! Wow. That's so smart. It's that's like Michigan, if you're, man. If you're yeah. gonna play, <laughs> give yourself the insurance. Yeah, and that's man, pretty much savvy. it for the draft, except for um, the greatest quarterback, Deshaun Kaiser, going to the Browns in the second round. But like that's it for the draft. There's a lot happening in the NBA. You've had a big few weeks since we last met. We have talked about the playoffs thus far, but you have some pretty tight tinfoil hatted conspiracy theories cooked up about how things are going to go down. That's okay. real. Okay. That's just what it is. All right. Why don't you let us know what, in fact, it is? So, on. Tuesday night when this was recorded last night, or whenever you listen to this, the NBA's most conspiracy-filled night happened, which is the draft lottery. And true to form, the NBA did not disappoint. 
You might recall that I said that the Sacramento Kings would take the number one overall pick after they traded Boogie to Boston, blah, blah, blah. It didn't happen. Well, obviously, you can't just hand out a first-round pick. Obviously. So to get the Kings back, they did give them two top ten picks at the number five and the number ten. Now, Jerry Colangelo has been told that he will not get any more number one draft picks from the NBA after they took Ben Simmons last year. But the 76ers were able to scrape by and scoop the number three overall pick in this year's draft. The rest of the picks are kind of inconsequential. We're mostly just going to be focusing on the top three because no one really cares what the Pistons, Nuggets, and Heat did at the bottom of the draft. So the Sixers come in at three, allowing them to get the point guard, which is going to be the final piece of the process. They'll be able to pick up De'Aaron Fox or whoever they like and be able to go from there, and then they'll have their stud point guard. They'll have their stud three. They'll still have nine stud four and fives to go through, and they'll be fine. Speaking of their stud four and five, Joel Embiid was spotted sipping a Shirley Temple at the draft lottery this evening. It's his favorite drink. He goes to the club and drinks Shirley Temples. That's not even a conspiracy. That's true. Amazing, yeah. Here's where this conspiracy comes in. The Lakers needed to hang on to a top three pick, otherwise it would have been flipped over to the Philadelphia 76ers. The league still wanted to reward the Sixers, given that three pick, but they also needed to make sure that the Lakers were going to keep their number two overall pick. Why did they need to do that? Why? Because the Boston Celtics were going to get the first overall pick. And you need great parity in the NBA. I'll get into the playoffs in a second with the Cavs and the Warriors. But for right now, if the Lakers are going to take that number two pick, the Celtics had to take that number one pick. And why did they have to give that Celtics the number one pick? Why? Because of 30 years ago. No, my math is wrong. Tough to do math in a tinfoil hat, folks. 20 years ago, when the Celtics had the worst record overall and still missed out on Tim Duncan. Mm. Who did we get instead? I have no idea. I literally don't know. I don't know. But maybe it was 10 years ago that the Celtics earned this pick when the Celtics were supposed to have the worst over, when the Celtics had the worst overall record and were supposed to get the worst pick, but somehow ended up with Jeff Green. And traded him to Seattle and brought in Ray Allen and then brought in KG and built the big three and changed basketball as we know it. But they still got screwed on that number one overall pick, so they gave it back to the Celtics. So they have the first pick. And then you got to give that one to the Lakers for the next one to build the next two great dynasties. Also, not a coincidence that LeVar Ball's teeth match Laker gold. <laughs> That is not a coincidence. <laughs> but this isn't a conspiracy theory. That's not. It's real. This isn't. It's not even. They lying to us. Neil deGrasse can't even prove this one wrong. Honestly, though, <laughs> the NBA draft think, lottery. Do is you held... think that they have Neil deGrasse Tyson on retainer? <laughs> like deGrasse? Yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you like? Think that he's the umps that sit in New York and wait for review calls that they just <laughs> that call up all yes. NDT and are like, yo, we think something's fishy in the league. 
you want to sort this out for us? And he's like, yeah, let me science it. And he's like, I'm only a fan of the Rockets. Is that real? Oh, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) I think he finds the thunder interesting. I would think Neil deGrasse Tyson would take a special kin to Toronto. You think so? Yeah, him and Drake. Yeah. Ooh, what you say? Yeah, Neil deGrasse Tyson's favorite team is the Rockets, but Neil deGrasse Titan's favorite team is the Raptors. Again, not a conspiracy. This not is a, all fact. This is all fact. This is all something but widely available. The not widely available is how the draft is conducted. It's in a sealed off room without any media. No one sees it, and then they come out and they're like, "Here's what happened," and it's like, "Come on, man." Don't feed me poo and call it Cheerios. Don't fart in a bucket and call it soup. <laughs> yeah, I think we were raised in the same life. Yeah, you, you can't put a cat in an oven and call it a biscuit. <laughs> I got that from a buddy of mine who, upon retrospect, seems to have a lot of problems. Uh, so, oh, though his biscuits were great. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> biscuits. <laughs> That was the name of the cat, too. (laughs) Lost biscuits. Found biscuits. (laughs) You know, my dad would have a different thing in mind if he called something cat biscuits. (laughs) Poop? He'd talk about poop. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sometimes you got to talk about poop. I don't know how sometimes that ties back into conspiracies, but I'm sure it does. Sometimes you got to get your hands dirty to get down to the truth. It's true. And, like, there are some teams that maybe should have gotten a higher draft pick, like the Phoenix Suns, who had a terrible record and ended up with the fourth pick. Here's the thing. The Suns have a stacked backcourt. One, two, and three are going to go Fultz, Lonzo Ball, Probably De'Aaron Fox, in my opinion, but there are a ton of other good guards. And then the best three, probably the position that the Suns need, is going to go to Josh Jackson out of Kansas. Like, he's just going to be that guy, and he's going to be there at the pick. So I know Suns fans are all up in arms, but relax. The NBA's got you covered. You're still going to get the player you want. But they're going to write the story that they want. And that story is Celtics, Lakers, Finals, Six years. Wow. Is it so? Which team got the biggest screw job from the way that the NBA set it up this year? Here's the beauty of it: they figured it out. No one got screwed this year. So everyone's pretty happy. I mean, like, like I said, Suns fans are pretty pissed. Yeah. Um, Knicks actually, Knicks kind of got screwed. Knicks got an eighth pick, and I saw them doing a little bit better. But after you know James Dolan ouse a Nick Hall of Famer from his stadium, like... This is his punishment. Yeah, dick move, bro. Don't yeah. fuck with Charles Oakley. Like, <sighs> is that, it you mess with the Oak, and your draft pick's a joke. <laughs> is it David Silver pulling the strings, or is there somebody else behind this no, whole thing? No, David Silver's him. the front man. Come on, man. You, you don't... You don't uh, you, you don't know who's in the Illuminati. You know what I mean? Right. You just know Jay-Z's the front man for it. Come on, that's so real. You, you think the Nets would be getting more support then? You, well, he had to sell it when he started Rock Investments and all that. Oh, but yeah, okay. DDP and uh, Jay-Z are holding down uh, the Illuminati pretty well. You can't bring too bonds. much heat onto you. Yeah. The Heat. And the Heat also got the an 14th team. pick. Yeah. 
<laughs> they just missed out on the uh, playoffs, so they just got the worst pick in the lottery. So, Ooh. why does the NBA do this, Joe? Why? To create parity. We have known since last July who was going to be in the finals when KD signed with the Warriors. It was going to be an absolute repeat, done deal, going to happen. Your Cavs have done a fantastic job thus far in the playoffs. They have had nothing. They look like Vincent Adultman out there, shooting with one <laughs> hand and sweeping everyone up with their broom hand in the other. <laughs> the Warriors also seem to be doing the same thing. But fuck there was a small problem. There's a guy with a great coach and a great team, Kawhi Leonard. Mm. The Spurs were crawling up there. Popovich was doing what he needed to. David Lee was getting playoff minutes. The Spurs were looking hot until agent of the league, Zaza Pachulia, had a dirty extra foot shuffle to let Kawhi land on his foot, injure him, really ensuring that the Spurs are unable to beat the Warriors. I mean, when you're up 23 in the third and then your best player goes down and then you lose, and then the next game, you get your fucking belly button kicked out or in, whichever it isn't, 136 to 100. It's yeah. kind of a done deal. So, yeah. the NBA wanted the Cavs and the Warriors, because there hasn't been a great rivalry in the NBA amongst East-West teams mm. really since Lakers-Celtics. Yeah. Like, what East-West team keep kept making it back to the finals? Like, Spurs... Pistons, maybe? Maybe. Lakers, Celtics. Did Jordan have a Western Conference rival? No, not really. Maybe the Trailblazers. But, like, that's what I'm saying. So now that they've created it for you, with you, in Cavs Warriors, they've set up the draft tonight to get a resurgence of Lakers, Celtics. Although Celtics are light years ahead of the Lakers. Well, I mean, the, the, the Celtics are... Still in the playoffs, they're one of the four teams left, right? And they have the first overall pick. Like that's a pretty sweet spot to be in. They have the best of both worlds right it now. It seems like it, yeah. yeah. I mean, but who knows if they're going to make it out of the East? Like I think we would both probably agree that no, they won't. Right? Yeah, I know they will. <laughs> no, we're saying yeah. Y- oh, are you talking know, about the Cavs? Yeah, we yes, know they that will. They will make it. That the Celtics. The, I know that they will make it out. Right. The, the Cavs. Celtic. You're, it's a C. It's a hard C. C- Cavs. Celtics. Guys, this is a classic playoffs play on situation. <laughs> so All I'm right. gonna need you guys to, you know, I'm not gonna say set aside your differences. Mm-hmm. Maybe even put your differences on the line. All right. Wager? Wager. All right. Winner's team gets a gets to write a concession speech for the loser. Okay. So yeah, if Does that my make sense? Yeah, if my team wins, I write a concession speech that you have to read on the air. Yes. Yes, and vice versa. Yes. All right. And how about uh, the loser gets to write a joke that the winner 
has to read sight unseen after the concession speech. Uh, like a like a quick hot burn, like how you have like one woke person and 14 globulists on your team, and I have like, you know, the most handsome Canadian in history on mine. Yeah, it, yeah, we'll do that, except it'll be a good one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, also, what is a globulus? The, uh, you know, uh, not flat earthers. Oh, yes, so, you're right. Actually, that was a much better joke. I just forgot what that word meant. Yeah, uh, you have Kyrie, the one woke person, and, right. and like 14 globulus on there. I That was, damn, that was a good burn. <laughs> uh, yes, something exactly like that. So <laughs> winner winner has the more homework to do yes. uh, by writing a short concession speech. Loser will write a, a quick joke that uh, will open from an envelope. It'll be like uh, lines from a pocket. Oh, exactly like that. Yeah. You know what I can't wait to see? When Tyron Liu and Brad Stevens go out and both get ID'd to see an R-rated movie. <laughs> I think that's going to be really sweet. If the Cavs are lucky, they'll both be arrested. <laughs> and then uh, we will be at advantage because you won't have your coach. And we still will. <laughs> <laughs> Man, and Danny Ainge is going to get arrested too and then it won't have a GM. Oh, We got it all in one place. <laughs> Unfortunately, LeBron shouldn't be allowed to fly in the same plane as himself. God, <laughs> God forbid it goes down. He's technically not supposed to be in the same room in case he has to replace himself. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, all right, well, I look forward to it, dude. I, uh, I'll i be honest, I kind of fear the Celtics. I was rooting for the Wizards because I fear the Celtics. I know on paper and I heard a lot of talking heads say that like the Wizards were a tougher matchup for us. But Celtics are the first seed, dude. You guys yeah. earned it. Like you have home court advantage. We I have two players in my starting lineup that I'm fine putting LeBron James on in Jay Crowder and Avery Bradley and switching off is going to be a problem. Uh who's your starting two guard? Uh it's either Shump or Smith. Great. Isaiah can guard them just fine. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, I mean, they're going to shoot it anyway. It doesn't matter who's in front of them, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, we've established that garbage human J.R. Smith shoots better when he's covered than when the opposing team leaves him open. That's like legitimately what the numbers say the opposing team should do is just let J.R. Smith shoot it. That's he so seems, funny. When, when he gets an, a hand in his face, he's like, fuck you, I'm going to make this. What happens when he gets a hand like waist high? Well, we'll see when I when IT is covering him, uh, or Brad Stevens. But, but I, no, I think I think that the Celtics, like I said, we can match up well against LeBron defensively. Your offense is just so disgusting. Yeah, you have so many moving parts and different moving parts and ways to hurt everyone. Like you could run a line of Love, LeBron, Corver. Smith, and then Kyrie. Yeah. And shots rain from everywhere. Yes. Yeah, everybody can shoot the lights out. And Kyrie's fast enough to get to the bucket, and LeBron is still the best player in basketball. Yeah, he's amazing just watching him continue to put this team on his back. I think this is some of the best basketball I've ever seen him play at 32 years old and 14 years in the league. A lot of the numbers would agree with you as well. Yeah. He's also playing... 
42 minutes a game, yes. which is his most in forever. So It's crazy. He's He's been moving up into the um, all-time playoff ranks for like points, rebounds, steals, assists. I think for steals, maybe, he's like number one. There's something that he like just moving into, into first place for. I'm not going to look it up right now, but uh, it's amazing. And I, I just hope, I hope, I, I like your Celtics in a vacuum. I hope that we sweep you because we need all the rest we can get to be able to go against likely the Warriors. I I mean, they're still the team that I fear more than anything. Yeah. <laughs> they eat your soul. Yeah. Like, how do you not? They're the boogeyman, evil Santa Claus, and failing a math test all rolled into one. <laughs> I mean, if LeBron is the number one player in the league, then the Warriors have the number two and number three and maybe, like, the number six or seven in Clay Thompson. Oh, I th- was going to say, you think Draymond Green's that good? Ugh, I hate <laughs> him. Natural shooting motion. Uh, I was gonna, I was talking about Steph Curry and Kevin Durant being two and three. <laughs> but uh, Draymond, I mean, is an incredible defensive oh, player. Blah blah blah, 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 whatever. That team can't stay together for too much longer. They're going to run into money issues sooner yeah. or later. Same reason that you got to blow up your team in a keeper league. It just gets prohibitively expensive. So good, fuck them. I think that's very true. Fuck them. I'm going to keep my tinfoil hat on. The NBA draft lottery is rigged. The NBA finals are rigged. And the only thing that's not rigged are the summer league games in Vegas. (laughs) Who told you that? I think that's all we've got for this week. Thank you guys for listening in to hear us all expound a little on our sports area of expertise. Hope you dug this. Interact with us online on Twitter at Hooli and the Joe on Facebook.com slash Hooli and the Joe and Instagram sports underscore retorts. If you want to see a picture of Hooli's conspiracy costume, <laughs> I posted it on our Instagram. So you'll have to follow us at sports underscore retorts. And after you listen, if you enjoy the show, throw a review in the iTunes store or Overcast or however you listen to podcasts. Yeah. This has been an Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am GrabBot23548X.